Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to the Heartwork Community Quran Study of Surah Yusuf at Roots. All of our programming at Roots is live streamed and published free of charge thanks to the goodwill of our monthly sustainers. Your donations allow us to continue our mission of being a community of welcoming, providing meaningful content, and nurturing our hearts, minds, and souls in coming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa You can help us reach our Ramadan campaign goal of 250 new sustainers by signing up today. Or, if you are already a sustainer, you can increase your amount and also encourage your family and friends to support the work we do by signing up at rootsdfw.org sustain. As always, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and reward you. Jazakumullah khairan wa assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum. Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Welcome home. How is everybody? Alhamdulillah. There's an energy in the room tonight, subhanAllah. Is it the weather? Daylight savings. Daylight savings. There we go. That's it. It's light outside still. Spring break is not a real thing anymore. We're beyond that. Spring break for parents is like a lot because your kids are home all the time. So you have to figure out how to be. I love being with them, but you got to figure out. By 12, they're like, I'm bored. I'm hungry. I'm everything, and so, alhamdulillah. Uh, kind of like us, uh, just what adults say too. Alrighty, bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Alright, we're going to, inshallah, uh, uh, begin where we left off last week. So we were with uh, Sheikh Abdul Malik last week, um, and his, uh, you know, mashallah, his contribution was amazing. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do it without him this week, but we'll try to keep going forward because the whole goal of these sessions is to just gain a confidence and a familiarity in understanding Qur'an and in trying to, you know, reflect on it and gain as much as we can from it so that everybody who goes home should feel comfortable and confident opening up their own mushaf and thinking about what the verses are doing for them. So uh, we have ventured into the story now where uh, Yusuf, Prophet Yusuf, peace be upon him, as a young, as a young boy, has told his father about his concerns of a dream that he had, confusing dream that he had. His father uh, responds to him uh, in a way that is uh, alarming, right? Again, also very concerning. He says that, do not, let me make this a little bigger, okay? Do not, my dear son, do not narrate or relate or tell your dream or your vision to your brothers because they will then scheme a plan against you. Uh, and then he says that shaitan, Satan, is a sworn, clear enemy to humankind. Okay? So we had a lot of discussion around that. We talked a little bit about just the nature of that relationship. We talked about how Yaqub, Prophet Yaqub, who is already a messenger is witnessing now like the initiation of messengership for his son and he, re he realizes and recognizes that as a part of this initiation you're going to go through some difficult times and this sounds very familiar if you've ever read the, the seerah of the Prophet if you've ever read the story of the life of the Prophet what was the first thing he was told by Khadija uh, the cousin of Khadija what was he told? Anyone remember? 
He went to Warakha bin Nofa, who was the, 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 the Christian monk, or like the, you know, the, the Christian scholar. Khadija radiallahu anha, his, his, his wife, was related to this person. And when he came down with this dream from, or this uh, experience from Ghari Hira, from the cave of Hira, the first of Revelation, she said, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know exactly how to answer this, but let's take you to my cousin. He knows. He's a scholar of religion. And the Prophet ﷺ goes to Waraka, and Waraka says to him that this experience you had of, of being approached by this, what we now know as Jibreel, the angel, but a, a creature, and being given this message, this is the same creature that came to visit Musa. Like you're in, you're in the same situation as Musa. And then Waraka says this line that like shocks the Prophet ﷺ. He says, I wish I were younger. Waraka says this. I wish I were younger so that I could be there to support you when what? What's the thing he says? When your people turn against you. And the Prophet ﷺ is shocked. He's like, wait, why, why would my people turn against me? Like I'm, I'm their neighbor. I'm their cousin. I'm their relative. I'm... What, what did I do wrong? And Waraka says, not a single person has been given what you've been given except that their people turned against them. Right? Meaning like, this is just a part of prophethood. It's a part of what you go through. So Yusuf, now I want you to imagine this. The Prophet's receiving this message. The Prophet Muhammad is receiving this during what? The year of sadness. Now he's receiving a story about another Prophet, okay? His brother Prophet, basically, in the fraternity of prophethood, and after he gets his initial message, albeit he's younger, what does his father tell him? Your brothers are going to turn against you. Right? So it's interesting to see the relationship between what? The experience that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is having, and the exact experience that Yusuf is having. One of them has said, your people are going to turn against you. The other one is told, your brothers will turn against you. Okay? And you can imagine, as a young boy who's in, you know, seven years old, some narrations say seven, eight, twelve, the most you saw was ever was twelve, that he must be shocked as well. Like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? So his father tells him this. The other thing that we're going to find out later that is really, really important is that there are narrations where the Prophet ﷺ, he said and he told and he instructed everybody that it is not good to disclose uh, um, the nature of your dreams to people. If you have dreams, okay, remember we said dreams can come from different things. Dreams could come from just like an overactive subconsciousness. It could be from like your, your dinner was too spicy, right? Uh, um, you know, it could be from, you know, it could be from anything. Or it's true that dreams could in fact have what we would call, you know, significant meaning from uh, 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 the, the life beyond, Okay, and if that meaning is there, and if a person is, you know, they wake up convinced that this is what happened, the Prophet ﷺ said, "Do not relay your dreams to like everybody. Don't go and Instagram post it. Don't tweet about it. You tell your dreams to people who what? What's the qualification that you know that they're going to be people who pray for you, that you know that they're going to be people who are concerned for you." And the Prophet ﷺ actually said, "Don't even narrate bad dreams to anybody." Just wake up, ask Allah to protect you. There's a couple practices you can do, but don't narrate your nightmares to anybody either. Okay, just keep that all to yourself. Or if you really want to tell someone, write a journal. Okay? And then we finished last week by the verse, and by the way, we're ending a little bit early tonight because of the time change. Maghrib is going to come in 
around 7, like the late 7.30, 7.36, 8. So we're going to end around 7.40, inshallah, for Maghrib. And then moving forward, inshallah, for Ramadan timing, we're actually going to be ending at Maghrib in Ramadan. So we're going to be starting early, obviously no food, no coffee. Uh, and then we're going to end at Maghrib. And then after Maghrib, coffee will be open, iftar will be served. That calendar is going to come out this week, inshallah. But just FYI, okay? Just heads up. So when I wrap up around 7.40, don't be like, you know, you're going to be happy, obviously. But, you know, don't, don't show that you're too happy, okay? You're like, oh. Okay. وَكَذَلِكَ يَشْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ وَيُعَلِّمُكَ مِن تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ وَيُتِمُّ نِعْمَتُهُ عَلَيْكَ وَعَلَىٰ آلِ يَعْقُوبِ كَمَا أَتَمَّهَا عَلَىٰ أَبَوَيْكَ مِنْ قَبْلِ إِبْرَاهِيمُ وَإِسْحَاقِ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ عَلِمُ حَكِيمٌ So this is like the, the, the summary now of that first scene. That it is being told that this is how God has chosen you. And will teach you, will give you the knowledge of ta'wilul al-ahadith, which means the interpretation of dreams. Now, the thing about this, the interesting sort of duality of this, it was like a 12-year-old who waved at me and I just wanted to, you know, put him on the spot. You can't out-awkward me. Like, I will make you feel more awkward. He waved, I waved, he covered his face and walked away, okay? Like, I will make you feel so awkward. So, okay. Allah is teaching him, وَيُعَلِّمُكَ مِن تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَدِيثِ Yusuf is going to his father because he doesn't know the interpretation of his dreams. Allah is telling him that this is the beginning of your journey to understand the interpretation of your dreams. And he calls it a ni'mah. This test that Yusuf is going through is going to become the completion of his greatest privilege. His greatest asset is that he will be a prophet of God. So we read this as people and we're like, subhanAllah, maybe the things that are happening in my life, it's all about perspective. Yusuf's dream is causing him confusion. Later, he becomes the interpreter of dreams. Right? So whatever is causing you confusion right now, maybe later that becomes something that becomes your skill. It becomes your, your power, your ability to connect and help others. And uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala continues by narrating down the line. Just like it was for your father and for Ibrahim and Ishaq. Why? Allah Ta'ala is the one who knows and the, and the one who is the most wise. Allah finishes by mentioning the lineage of prophets that went through this same thing, because Yusuf, as do all of us, need to know that we're not alone. That's one of the most important aspects of a person feeling better or processing through any sort of difficulty, is knowing that you're not alone. It doesn't mean that the person fixes it, right? If you're talking to somebody and you've gone through something, right? It may not be the best time to bring up immediately, like, hey, I've also been through this, okay? And actually, you know, there's a a funny story. There was a, a brother that was telling me that his wife delivered their child. Okay, mashallah, they had, a, they had a baby, delivered the child, obviously a lot of work, nine months, pregnancy, and then you know, delivering the child. You can't even imagine how exhausted, how tiring it must be. And brought the, after a couple days, brought the kid home. The kid doesn't sleep because it's a new environment, crying and screaming all night. And so no one sleeps. And the parents are like, you know, he's telling me, like, parents are like rethinking all their decisions in life. Like, do we, should we have had this kid? Like, what, what are we doing? You know, are we in over our heads? So finally, you know, the baby goes to sleep at like 6 in the morning, right? Because it's a baby, it can do whatever it wants. I would do the same thing, right? <laughs> Kept everyone up all night, went to sleep 6. Parents got like maybe two hours of sleep, then had to wake up, eat, stuff like that. There were some in-laws who were staying at the house, and they asked them, like, how did you sleep? So the mom, the new mom, says, you know, my sleep was horrible. It was horrific. Like, are you, my kid cried all night. I just delivered a child. Like, what, what is sleep? Like, I'm borderline delirious right now. And uh, her dad says, yeah, I didn't sleep too well either. Right? None of the guys laughed. You're like, okay, what's the problem? All the, all the women understood. 
right? Um, you know, it's, it's as if someone gets into a car accident and then you tell them like, yeah, I stubbed my toe, right? Like not the same, okay? And maybe not the right time for you to share your tragedy for the day, okay? Maybe their tragedy deserves some time to, to marinate and to sit. But at the end of it all, what we want to know is that we are not alone. That's what we need. And even in counseling, there's a term for this called universality. If somebody is going through something, part of the pain of that experience is the loneliness of it. But if I know that other people have gone through it or are going through it, why do you think support groups are so, are so incredibly successful? They don't offer solutions. It's not necessarily that I'm going to fix your problem or that I have the magic cure-all for the... No. But if I'm sitting here and I'm worried about something and I'm sitting with eight other people and we're all sharing concern about the same thing, then at least I know that I'm not alone in my misery, right? And that I have people around me. So Allah Ta'ala lists all the names of these prophets to give Yusuf and by virtue to give who? The Prophet This sense of companionship, that you're not by yourself. That's why things like this are so important. You know, when people are going through difficult times, the nafs wants to isolate. How many of you guys prefer to be alone when you're going through really difficult times? Anybody? The nafs sometimes prefers to isolate. It wants to be away from people. And sometimes a little bit of alone time is good. Right? You need, to, you need to let the dust settle, so to speak. But once the dust has settled, once you've given yourself a few days to kind of get your bearings, to achieve that equilibrium that you need, being alone can actually further complicate and can actually make the situation more difficult. A person can start to get in their own thoughts about things, start to wonder, start to be confused. That's why in our religion we're taught about this powerful essence of community. That you're around people. Maybe, just maybe somebody in this room tonight is going through something very tragic in their life. It's possible. And maybe, just maybe, you come in this room, you sit, you're having some coffee, you're sitting with other people, and you're just temporarily, even for 10 minutes, your consciousness is removed from the stress of what you're going through. Maybe the day that you had that led up to this was not nice. But being around others being around your fellow believers, right, and enjoying some time together before you pray, is something that can give you that sakina that you need. So Allah Ta'ala is giving this to the Prophet Sallallahu and to Prophet Yusuf, of course. Okay? Now, Allah finishes this passage, or He transitions this passage, I should say, with a really incredible line. He says, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي يُوسُفَ وَإِخْوَتِهِ آيَاتٌ لِلسَّائِلِينَ In the story of Yusuf and his brothers, there are signs, there are ayat, there are signs for those who ask. We talked about this before during the Surah Baqarah series. We talked about there's this idea that the Qur'an is filled with answers. The Qur'an has answers to everything that people need in terms of the questions that they have. The difference is not whether or not the answers are present, but it's about our ability to observe the answers. Okay? So, for example, how many of you in your life have ever had drama in your family? Raise your hand. There's only a few honest people here, right? Yeah, thank you, okay? Yeah, drama, when I say drama, I'm not talking about like, no one's keeping up with you, right? Only the Kardashians people care about. But I'm talking about just drama, like sibling issues, parent issues. You know, have you guys ever had situations where you're like, you felt almost embarrassed or shy, like there's no way that anyone's ever gone through this before? This is normal, it's part of human life. We don't want to share it. No one's going to show up to a gathering and be like, yeah, my brother and I haven't talked for a few months. 
or my mom is this or my dad. It's, it's embarrassing. It's a sensitive thing. It's vulnerable, right? But what you need is some sort of text or resource, something to connect to that's going to let you know how you can remedy, how you can resolve this. So the Qur'an at a very base level, it has solutions for those people that are looking for those solutions. It has perspective for people that need perspective on a situation. Sometimes the solution is that you got to give it time. Sometimes the solution is you have to put up boundaries. Sometimes the solution is you have to self-reflect, which we're going to talk about tonight. Maybe it's your fault, right? Maybe you're the problem, which is the one that I like the most. I like it when Imam Ghazali says, you're the issue, not people around you, right? Because then you kind of get over yourself and say, what am I doing to contribute to this? So Allah Ta'ala here says, in this story, there should not be a single person in this room that just kind of walks out and is like, there's nothing there for me. There's always going to be something there. There's always. The, the mark of intelligence, truly, is not about the speaker. Like me, I'm not the intelligent person here. You, as the listeners, have to be intelligent. And all of us, as the readers of this book, have to be intelligent people. Because how is it that these great scholars of tafsir that explain the Qur'an could write volumes and volumes, pages upon pages, explaining the intricacies and the lessons from these bo this book? And we sit and stare at the page and we're like, huh? How is that? It's not about the book. It's about the mind and the heart of the person that is engaging with it. And that's why the beginning, what did Allah Ta'ala say? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ we, we revealed this book so that you can think about it. Okay? So you have to walk into this arena of discussion ready to ask, ready to get answers. In this story, there are answers for those who ask. Also, from a historical standpoint, these people were asking the Prophet ﷺ about what? The Quraysh were challenging the Prophet ﷺ, give us a story. Give us a story of Yusuf, because he's not from the same lineage. Give us Joseph's story, okay? Not Ismail, give us the son of Isaac, the, the side from Bani Israel. Give us that. If you're truly a prophet, you would know the story. God would be able to reveal it to you. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did, okay? Now, what is this verse? Verse number eight is like really, really deep, subhanAllah. It's, it's, it's probably going to strike a nerve. Uh, has anyone here, I'm not going to ask about personal because I know that's too much. Have you guys ever heard about this idea of there's a child who's the favorite child? Okay? How many of you are the favorite child? Alright, Mashallah, we have a couple, you admit it, okay? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to both confirm and debunk this. Okay? As a child, I think there are favorite children. As a father, there are no favorite children. Okay? You see how I have to be political there? Alright. So, the brothers of Yusuf, if qalu, they said, so now the scene has shifted. First scene, son talking to father about a dream, father giving answer to the son. End of scene. Scene two, there's a group of brothers, okay? And according to some of the other narrations, they've come to know about this special dream that Yusuf had. They don't know what it, what it is about, but they've come to know that he had like a special conversation with his dad. According to other tafsir, they actually say no. They don't even know at this point. So it's either or. Allah knows best. إِذْ قَالُوا لَيُوسُفُ وَأَخُوهُ أَحَبُوا إِلَىٰ أَبِيْنَا مِنَّا وَنَحْنُ عُصْبَةٌ إِنْ أَبَانَا لَفِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ Wow! They said, Yusuf and his brother, okay, because Yusuf had a, a younger brother with him. He was young and then he had a younger brother from the same mom. So these are actually his half-brothers. These are his half-brothers. Yaqub had a wife previously that passed away. She had these group of children. When she passed, he got remarried 
to Yusuf's mother, whose name is Rahil, Rachel in English, okay? Rahil. And she had two children with Yaqub, Yusuf and Binyamin, Benjamin. All right, here we go, all right, here we go. Inspiring names for this generation. All right, so Rahil and Binyamin. All right, there we go. You're going to sound like uh, biblical children. All right, so they're making an observation. They say, Yusuf and his brother are from, the, from that, from the other mom, okay, from their, from their mother, are more beloved than us to our father. Even though, we are like a large group. Like we're, we're, nothing, we're, like, we're something to be reckoned with, okay? And then they conclude this thought by saying, our father is surely the one who is making a mistake here. Our father is surely, clearly in error. All right, a couple things from this that are really incredible. We see in the Quran here, sibling rivalry. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that you could be going through something in your family and you open Surah Yusuf and you're like, wow, that's crazy. We see in the Quran here, the perception... If any of you have ever been called, oh, mom loves you more, dad loves you more, you never get in trouble, you never get this, I'm always the one who... That's what, the, literally, verse number 8, it's introducing this idea that these are, as Shaykh Abdul Malik said last week, these are not just random people. These are the sons of a prophet. The sons of a prophet are having a struggle internally, negotiating the stance that their father has with their half-brother. Okay? Number one. So... We have to understand here, this is a family issue. Everyone's going to experience something like this. Number two, it is possible, and this is an important point to make, it is possible that people, not talking about parents here, people, can prefer others to others. A sibling can like another sibling more than another. Is that true? Yes or no? Do we agree? Have I broken any hearts so far? Okay. Is it possible that people can like others more than others? Yes or no? Okay, what might be the reason for that? Well, there's a few reasons. The scholars say, they say, okay, let's, let's entertain this idea. Let's say it's true. Let's say that Yaqub does love Yusuf more. Okay, what could be some reasons for that? What do we talk about Yusuf's age? Is he the oldest or the youngest? Is the baby oftentimes the most beloved? Or, even if they're not the most beloved, do they kind of get like a lot of like the baby treatment for a long time? And then the elder one is like, hey, go pick up the food. You, you, come here, Right? And they give the baby, like, come cuddle with me, come sit with me, hey, go clean your room, right? So by definition, those who are older, those who are more senior, are going to have more responsibility. Those who are younger, who are like toddlers, or just getting out of that toddler, of course, naturally, they're going to be the ones that are the, the recipient of more of like a soft love than the elders, okay? The elders might get a different type of love. The elders might be receiving what? They might be getting responsibility, which is its own kind of love. You might be getting more privileges. That six-year-old is not going to get a credit card. Well, maybe nowadays. Who knows, man? SubhanAllah. This is crazy. Six years old with iPhones. All right? That six-year-old is not going to get the, the privileges that the 16-year-old gets. Now, it's easy for the six-year-old to look at the elders and say, that's not right. That's not fair. Right? Why do they get that? Why do they get that? I mean, when you have... I have two kids, man, six and four. That's not even more than two years of difference and they still think that the other one's the favorite one. We've never even said this. We've never even uttered. No, even when people come, they're like, Ooh, who do you love more, mama or baba? We're like, chup, right? We tell that person, don't introduce this concept to our kids' minds because it's a dangerous concept to have from a young age. Don't walk this, if you don't know how to talk to kids, don't throw a grenade in their heart, right? Just walk up to them and say blippy and see what happens, right? Like, 
Say something else. Don't go and say, who do you love more, mama or baba? Now you, I mean, kids' consciousness is wild, okay? So, but randomly, Musa will have a tantrum, Iman will have a tantrum. You know, you see this with kids. Oh, no, you know, you love so-and-so more. There's no reason to think that. Why is that the case? Just because what? Just because she got this or you got that? Just because you finished your food quicker than she did, right? He finishes all his chips and she, she, still, she still has chips. You love her more. Why? Because she has chips. I'm like, no, you're like me. You just eat fast, right? This is a you problem, not a her problem. The reality is people are in different phases, seasons, roles in their life. And that could change. I don't want to say manipulate. That can change and that can define the nature of your relationship. So you have these older boys. And these older boys are looking at their father with his two youngest baby boys. And they're seeing the softness. They're seeing the, 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 you know, the sweet, soft, kind, elder father with his two young boys. And they're interpreting that as he loves them more. Okay, so that could be correct. One second. That could be, that could be a situation, right? The second situation, and this is deep thinking here. You ready? When Yusuf had a problem, what did he do? When he had a dream he couldn't understand, where did he go? He went to his dad, right? He's like, Dad, I had this dream. What, what is it? He went to his dad. And when his dad told him, don't tell your brothers, what did he say? I mean, he did, according to the Quran, we don't know exactly what he said, but we know that he affirmed it. Okay? What are these guys saying about their dad? He's wrong. He's wrong. So, subhanAllah, the Mufassir, one of them, Ibn Ajiba, he said, hmm, interesting. Maybe it's the case. Maybe it's the case. That their father does love them more. Why? Because you guys talk back. Because you guys have the audacity and you have the misplaced courage to look at your dad and to say, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to lie. If I had kids and one of them was like, yes, dad, and the other one's like, you're dumb, I'd be like, come here, favorite child, right? <laughs> like, it's just part of human nature. Does anyone ever want to be around? After... Nurturing, maintaining, taking care of, raising, loving, and then to have them come back with a, 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 a teenage angsty contention? Do you want, you want to be on the receiving end of that? No. So the tafsir says, look, if you want people to love you, if you are frustrated about what you see as like inadequate relationships or imbalanced relationships, look at, your, look at the people that you're complaining about. Maybe they're doing it better than you. I know it's not comfortable. I have a friend who used to tell me that his mom used to literally, you guys know a little bit of Arabic, Habibi? You know, you, 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 know, you know a little bit of Arabic, right? Okay. Don't use it on each other, right? Till after the nikah. Then we can go there, right? But before nikah, I don't want to hear any Habibis, right? Okay? Sister, brother, okay. We have a friend, I had a friend who, or I have a friend, who said that his brother, the prefix for his name in the house was Habibi. Let's say his name was Ahmed. So everyone else's name. Okay? Muhammad, Hamada, Hamoudi, Mahmoud, Habibi Ahmed. <laughs> What's different here? You got all these kids. Mahmoud, Muhammad, Hamada, Habibi Ahmed. You got one person that's getting the title of beloved. Habibi means my beloved. Okay? So you had a couple of the brothers. You had one of them that was like, you know what? This is not right. And complained about it. This is, this, is, this is not cool. You know, mom clearly has a favorite. Habibi so-and-so, Habibi so-and-so. And then he said, you know what? I had to have a real tough conversation with myself. I had to have a tough conversation with myself. 
I said, well, how did that go? He said, when I compared my relationship with my mother to Habibi Ahmed's, I realized that Habibi Ahmed was more beloved to her because he was a better son. He said, I would call once or twice a month. He would call every day. I would visit Thanksgiving, holiday, you know, Christmas holiday, Thanksgiving, maybe like 4th of July. He would, he would try to visit once a month, once every two months. I would, you know, send her this gift. He would send that gift times 10. He was outdoing me. Not in competition. Habibi Ahmed wasn't like keeping score. But the nature of his behavior with his parents was one that took more love. Because why? Because the mom didn't have to beg Habibi Ahmed to call. The mom didn't have to say like... And then the parents start saying hurtful things. Oh, you'll come see me in my janazah, inshallah. And everyone's like, don't say that, don't be... But how far have we pushed them? How far do you have to push somebody? Now, don't get me wrong. There are some relationships that in their nature are not very conducive to... I'm trying to stay away from strong language. There are some relationships that can be traumatic. A little bit. Okay, don't walk around saying you've been traumatized. But just they can be. I get it. There are some relationships where no matter what, the parents emotionally abusive. I get it. I'm going to say it's more the exception than the rule though. I am going to say that. I don't want everyone in this room to get up and say, my parents are abusive. Let's, let's not go there. Because there's a lot of kids who abuse their parents too. There's a lot. If we want to be real, and, and don't get mad at me. When I'm sitting with uncles and aunties, I'm like, stop abusing your kids emotionally. Stop setting limits on who they can marry based on race, based on dumb things like that. Stop doing this, this, this. Stop making them feel like failures because of this. I'll yell at the uncles and aunties. But I, now, I got to say it. There's a lot of us that are borderline emotionally abusive to our parents. Right? How many times do we choose our friends over our parents? How many? How many times do you get a phone call from a parent, you rethink if you're going to pick it up? Or a text message? But if it's from someone that you want to hang out with that night, you're there. Right? Spend a ton of money going on vacation, but can't go visit them? we got to rethink it, right? So it's interesting, subhanAllah, that in this ayah, you have two options. Number one is, look, maybe you are misinterpreting what the love is. Maybe you're the beloved elder kid. Maybe you're the responsible one, the one that I lean on, right? The one that I want to take the keys from me and to carry this legacy, to carry this family. The one that if I go, you got the responsibility. That's a kind of love. And then there's another kind of love Right? Baby love, where it's like, hey, you're my, you're, you're, my, you're, you're my sweetheart, right? You're the thing that I, I'll, I'll cuddle with and I'll nurture, but I can't rely on you like I can rely on your older brother or sister. That's a different kind of love. Or maybe you're not receiving the love that you see that person getting because that person, by their nature, is doing better than you are. And again, I know it's uncomfortable, right? Heartwork just became heartbroken. I don't want everyone to think and hear it. But the reality is, subhanAllah, if we want to learn from this book, we have to have honest, sometimes very uncomfortable conversation with ourselves. If you see people that are on the receiving end of that, ask yourself, what can I do to become like them? Okay? And it's, uh, it's, it's remarkable, subhanAllah. Okay? The next verse. Uh-oh.
That's why we have a backup network. I also just have my phone. Oh, did it hop on? Everyone here is on the Wi-Fi, huh? Okay, number nine, right? Yes, Uchtulu Yusuf. This is the this is intense, and I, we have to end for Maghrib in a minute. So I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to continue next week, inshallah. Uchtulu Yusufa, awitrahuhu ardan yachulu lakum wajhu abikum. This is like shaitan's playbook. So they come up, I'll give you shaitan's playbook and then we'll reflect on it inshallah next week. Number one, what do they say? Kill Yusuf. So the tafsir says one of them said to the group of them, let's kill him. You know there's always in a group that one guy takes it too far. So it's like, you're right man, dad loves him more, let's kill him. And everyone's like, relax. And then he's like, unless you didn't want to, I don't want to either. I'm just joking, right? <laughs> but interestingly, Shaytan has a very interesting way of lobbing up extreme solutions. When I say solutions, I don't mean like good solutions. Extreme solutions to problems. Why? So that when we quote unquote dial it back, it doesn't look as bad. Because what's the other alternative? Yeah. yeah. Throw him away in a far-off land. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds better. No, it doesn't. What are you talking about? You're talking about taking your brother and... I mean, essentially, it's, it's a form of killing him, right? Like, you can either kill him or you can let him die. Hmm. It's like what people do with, with, the, you know, with their leftovers in the fridge. Oh, don't throw it away. Just leave it in the fridge for a week and then throw it away when it goes bad. <laughs> Both of them are the same thing. Kill him or throw him off in a distant land. Why? So that what? So that our Father will direct His face to us. His Father will only look at us. And then after that, وَتَكُونُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ قَوْمًا صَالِحِينَ After we do that, then we'll become good people. Shaitan's playbook. Step number one, he'll, he'll make you think, you know what? I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I just want to get rid of him. I'm not, I'm not, I could have killed him. You're lucky I didn't kill him. I'm just going to get rid of him. And then after I get rid of him, it's not because I'm a bad person. I just wanted my dad to love me. Huh? And I promise you, after I get rid of him and my dad loves me, I'll become good. The problem is that in our spiritual path, you can never achieve a noble goal through means of vice. You can't rob a bank and build a masjid. You can never achieve a good goal through a bad path. In fact, we learn from the Prophet ﷺ that if a person puts their effort in a good way and does not accomplish the goal, they still get rewarded as if they did the goal. If you walk over to the donation box right now and you say, I'm going to donate. I know I have $20 on me. I'm going to donate it. You walk over there 
and you reach your hand in your pocket and you pull out a big fat nothing. The Prophet said, you get rewarded as if you donated the money because your intention was sincere and you tried. So in Islam, we learn one of two things. Number one, you can never accomplish bad things, good things by bad means. Number two, if you try your best to do good, even if you don't know what the outcome is going to be, Allah will reward you regardless what the outcome is. And these boys, these older brothers of, this, of these young boys, Yusuf and his brother Binyamin, they are experiencing the human need for love, for attachment. That's true, that's there. And they want to be righteous. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times we paint people as like very like, they're either or, you're either good or bad. They want to be good. We're going to be good people. But man, everyone, even those who want to be righteous, have to fight their battles. Everyone's got to fight against themselves. And right now, they're losing this battle. They're, they're succumbing too much. Instead of going to their father, they said what? He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's clearly wrong. And instead of going and seeking his counsel, his advice, that elder, that wise person, we'll take care of this ourselves. Does that sound like a good idea? No. But when you are down the path of sin, when you are close to shaitan, when your heart is corrupted by hasad, by jealousy, which is what they're struggling with, the most nonsensical thing makes sense. The most ridiculous proposition sounds great. Because the heart and mind are not working together, they're working against each other. The heart wants to do one thing, and the mind is thinking about something else. And the heart keeps telling you, do this, do right, be good, do it the right way. And the mind says, shut up, I want this. And depending on how strong your heart is or your nafs, either one will win. We ask Allah Ta'ala to make our hearts strong. We ask Allah Ta'ala to allow us to have perspective. We ask Allah Ta'ala to give us the ability to act in goodness and to never try to achieve good things in bad ways. We ask Allah Ta'ala to give us the ability to see and be self-critical and reflective of our own selves. And before we point the finger at others, we ask Allah Ta'ala to allow us to point the finger at ourselves and that we become the best version of ourselves. We ask Allah Ta'ala to rectify and to place goodness in all of our relationships. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept every second that we sit in this room as a means of worship. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if anyone here is struggling with anything, that he bring ease into their life. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if anyone here is in a challenge that they do not see the end of, we ask Allah ta'ala to make that a very uh, a calming moment for them that which they can reach the solution peacefully and in a state of tranquility. We ask Allah ta'ala to allow us to always place our trust in him and to always rely upon him alone. We ask Allah Ta'ala to allow us to be like his messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to grant us this beautiful blessed month of Ramadan that is approaching and that he allow us to take from it and harvest from it what we need to bring, to bring our souls and our hearts to a place of being content with him and that he is content with us. Ameen, ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. We hope that inshallah you enjoyed and benefited listening to the Heartwork Community Quran Study Series on Surah Yusuf. If you did enjoy and if you did benefit, then please consider helping us reach our Ramadan campaign goal of 250 new sustainers by heading over to rootsdfw.org sustain. If you're already a sustainer, let your family and friends know to support the work that we do. We'll see you next week, inshallah. Jazakumullah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullah.